The Red Maryland Network is proud to present national conservative radio personality, Rob Carson. Support Rob on Patreon and check out his line of conservatees. And now, here's Rob. It's the Rob Carson Show. Are you ready to be pod smacked? Now, here's Rob Carson. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Uh, today is episode number 188. 188! For those of you who are downloading the show from iTunes, iHeartRadio, tune in. Audio, uh, boom, SoundCloud, uh, Google Play, and Google Plus. All right? Uh, and also available, I should say, every day, 5 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Podcast Radio Network, podcastradionetwork.com. Make sure to check that out. And, of course, on Liberty One TV that you're watching now. Look at this. Hey, Monday, folks. You ready to have some fun today? How about you join Liberty One TV? It would be terrific if you did that. Some people are trying to shut down this little network. They are. There are uh, PC crowds that are attacking us on social media for some of the things we say. <clears throat> right now, we have an unprecedented ability to communicate that was not afforded to any other generation. Traditionally, we've had newspaper, we've had uh, TV, and we've had radio. And unless you worked from one of those entities, you had no opportunity to really be heard other than writing a letter to the editor at the paper. Guess what? Because of the new media, we can have TV studios in our home. We can have radio studios in our home. Join LibertyOneTV.com. Help us wage the war for free speech in an unprecedented fashion. It's a spectacular thing. It's a glorious thing. So let's get to the uh, the weekend's happenings and then uh, what's going on in the news. There's plenty of stuff. Al Michaels, apparently, last night during the uh, Giants-Broncos games, made a joke about Harvey Weinstein. And, and he was forced to apologize. Listen to the joke and tell me what the heck is wrong with this. I mean, let's face it. The Giants are coming off a worse week than Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> and they're up by 14 mm. points. Only my L.A. guy comes up with that well, one. Well, you know. There you go. All you have to do is read the papers. <laughs> any paper. There you go. And, and it was a funny joke. I can't think of anybody who's had a worse week than uh, Harvey Weinstein, right? Am I right here? Here's what he said later in the broadcast, obviously because the, the, the heat came down on him from the higher-ups. Back in Denver, sorry I made a reference earlier before, so I'd be a little flip about uh, somebody obviously very much in the news all over the country and was not meant in that manner. So uh, my apologies. And uh, we'll just leave it at that. We'll leave it do. with yep. Move on. Yep. What the hell did he have to apologize for? <laughs> I, I mean, he's making fun of a scumbag. He's making fun of a scumbag, and and the and he had to apologize. That's stupid. Just really, honestly, I I thought the joke was funny. We have become so damned concerned with offending people in this country. This is one of the reasons why this network and podcasting is so important. You know, I mean, you can complain about me. You you can you can say that I offended you, and I'll say screw you. I know, great. We live in a country where you can offend people without going to jail. Like North Korea. Give me a freaking break, man. Oh, really irritating. Just really, really irritating. Recently uncovered story from 1998 shows that, uh, this is from the Washington Post, Harvey Weinstein gave uh, the maximum $10,000 to Bill Clinton's legal defense fund when he was going through the rigmarole with, um, with Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> they, are, they are thick as thieves. And this is what I said about the, the behavior that is manifested in Hollywood. It, it, the same stuff happens in Washington, D.C. and state houses around the country. It does. It's like a, it's like a big frat party. Except for um, a lot of people have been molested and raped. <clears throat> and manipulated. And uh, blackmailed. And the same dynamic. The bookends of the country. The same dynamic on both ends. And tell me these didn't crisscross. $10,000 to Bill Clinton's legal defense fund. Unbelievable. Hillary Clinton was on the BBC over the weekend. Uh, Friday, I guess, is when she was on the uh, BBC, and she talked a little bit about uh, uh, misogyny and all this in the uh, in Hollywood, and, of course, is completely oblivious to. I mean, just the, the, how bad she looks when she's asked about these questions because she has lived with this for 40 years with her husband. Here's the first part of the interview. 
Now, the other big story of this week, as you know, is your friend Harvey Weinstein, mm-hmm. who has had mm-hmm. a huge <laughs> slew of really serious allegations mm-hmm. made against him. What was your reaction when you first read those allegations? I, I was shocked and appalled because I've yeah. known him through politics, as many sure. Democrats have. He's been uh, he a supporter. A yeah. He's been a funder, and, you know, for all of us, for Obama, for <clears> me, for people who have run for, uh, you know, for office in the United States. So it was it was just mm. disgusting, and the stories that have come out uh, are heartbreaking. Uh, and I really commend the. But women. It, it's, they're not heartbreaking when it involves your husband's victims. Women who have been willing to oh. step forward now and oh, tell really. their stories. But I think it's important that we not just focus on him and whatever consequences. It's amazing when when these women came out and they're brave and they're telling their stories. But when Juanita Broderick. Paula Jones came out. They weren't brave. They were bimbos. His flow from you know? uh, the stories about his behavior, but that we recognize this kind of behavior cannot be tolerated anywhere, whether it's in entertainment, politics. Well, can you believe that? I mean, I'm a, I, I, are you? I honestly, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. You know, after all, we have someone admitting to being a sexual assaulter in the Oval Office. There, um, actually, he didn't. Uh, he uh, he said he grabbed someone. He would grab someone by the arrested. p word. All right, was that consensual? Did he say it wasn't consensual? What, I thought it was. I thought it was awful. Don't get me wrong, but you are. Your husband is a sexual assaulter. He was in the Oval Office for eight years. Ignition that we must stand against this kind of, uh, you know, action that is so mis- sexist and misogynistic. Unless it, of course, uh, involves my husband. Really, really, really. She was asked about, by the way, um, the incidents that Bill Clinton had on his record. And this depends upon women coming forward and having yeah. the courage to come forward. Right. And yet in your book, the three women brought onto stage mm-hmm. by Trump attacking your husband, and you kind of dismiss them. Was that the right thing to do? Are you sure about that? Well, yes, because that had all been litigated. It's all been litigated. I mean, that was the subject of a huge yeah. uh, you mm. know, investigation, Conspiracy as too. you might recall, in the yeah. late 90s. And uh, there were conclusions drawn, and that was clearly in the past. Uh, <laughs> but it is something that has to be taken seriously. As I say, for everyone, not just for those in entertainment right now. Has Monica Lewinsky, uh, Lewinsky been litigated has that has that been litigated? Uh-huh. Honestly, uh, just I'm at a loss for words. Angie Everhard is a uh, an actress uh, model. She uh, came out this weekend and talked about what Harvey Weinstein did while she was on a boat at the Venice Film Festival a few years back. I was at the Venice Film Festival and I was on somebody's boat and I had just arrived and I was sleeping. I was in my it was in my bed and I wake up and Harvey is standing above my bed now. <sighs> That's a, that alone is frightening. And I, and I wake up, and, and then all of a sudden he takes his pants down and starts doing his stuff. And I, he's blocking the door. I can't get out. And he, I don't know how to say this on the radio, but finishes. And then he says, you know, you're a really nice girl. You shouldn't tell anybody about this. I told everybody but I, it, it, that, on the boat, but nobody did anything about it. Nobody no. wanted to do anything about it because everybody was terrified of Harvey. Yeah, and that's and that's the truth. Coming up, I want to talk about uh, Corey Feldman. He has been calling out Hollywood for sexual abuse for a long time. Nobody's been listening to him because he's a troubled kid. Was a troubled kid. He's a he's a troubled man now, and he was a boy when he was molested. Finally, SNL went after Holly Harvey. Weekend update with Colin Jost and Michael Che. Weekend update. I'm Michael Che. And I'm Colin Jost. Apple has announced that it will add hundreds of new emojis to its iOS system, including a person at a spa, a vomiting face, and a shushing finger, finally giving emoji fans the ability to describe what it was like to work for Harvey Weinstein. Shushing. <laughs> spa. Shushing. Puking. Weinstein. Weinstein, who's been accused of multiple counts of sexual assault, is reportedly going to Europe for sex rehab. Somehow, I don't think that's going to help anybody. He doesn't need sex rehab. He needs a specialized facility where there are no women, no contact with the outside world, metal bars, and it's a prison. Hang on. All right. Thank you. You know, this is a 
a tough spot for a comedian because it's so hard to make jokes about sexual assault, but it's so easy to make jokes about a guy that looks like this. Yeah. I mean, he looks like chewed bubblegum rolled in cat hair. <laughs> Weinstein told reporters that he was seeking help and added, we all make mistakes. Oh. No, man, a mistake is me walking into the wrong bathroom and using it anyway. But you... <laughs> You assaulted dozens of women. That's not a mistake. That's a full season of Law & Order. It is a verb now, dude. As in, if this guy tries to Weinstein me, I'm going to cut off his little Harvey. Uh. There you go. There you go. Now they're going to separate themselves from this. NBC is going to separate themselves from this, even though they spiked a story uh, about Harvey Weinstein. That still hasn't been explained properly by NBC. Thick as thieves, folks. Thick as thieves. 2013 episode of The View featured Corey Feldman. Uh, and he basically spent years calling out um, Hollywood A-listers sexually exploiting young actors to get their uh, their place in show business. And and uh, Barbara, uh, uh, what's her name? Barbara, 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 Barbara. I'm drawing a blank on her name. Barbara Walters. Dear Lord, man. Talk about a brain fart on a Monday morning. Barbara Walters kind of called him out on it, actually. I'm saying that there are people that were the people that did this to both me and Corey yeah. that are still working. They're still out there, and they're some of the richest, most powerful people in this business. And they are, and they do not want me saying what I'm saying right now. I, I, and by the way, Corey Haim uh, ended up killing himself over oh, overdosing on drugs. He was so troubled by this. Are you saying that they're pedophiles? Yes. And that yes. they're still in this business? Yes. That's what. Yeah, and that's what you were saying wow. in your book. When you that's talk you to talk about, yeah. when yes. you talk to and parents, they don't want me here right now, Trust Corey. Me. There, there are a lot of parents out here yeah. who want to put their kids in this in this business. They, their kids are cute. They're great actors. Da, da, da. What would you say to a parent who just has the best of intentions who's coming here with their child? Uh -huh. um, if you're saying that there's a lot of predators in this industry. It's a many feathered bird. OK, be careful what you wish for. That's what I'll tell you. You know, don't go into it with naivety. Don't go yeah. into it thinking that it's all roses and You're sunglasses. You're damaging and an entire industry. I'm sorry. I'm Dear Barbara calling him out. You're damaging the entire industry. I'm trying you said to. That I'm just trying to say that it's a very important, serious topic. You said that there was one gentleman in the industry who did not take advantage of you. He was not a pedophile. That's you said right. it was Michael Jackson. OK, that might affect the, uh, the credibility of his argument there. But apparently he didn't go after uh, Corey Feldman. Um, yeah, this is... Everybody knew it. Casting Couch was considered kind of a joke. Casting Couch was active, still is active in Hollywood and Washington, D.C. You want to move up in Washington, D.C.? Go down. <laughs> Courtney uh, Love was on uh, MTV's red carpet, I guess, for the music, uh, music awards. And... Um, she uh, issued an ominous warning. Here, Courtney Love is uh, being asked about um, advice for young people. Hi, Do you have any advice for a young girl moving to Hollywood? Uh, okay. If uh, Harvey Weinstein invites you to a party at the Four Seasons, don't go. Private party at the Four Seasons, don't go. That was the that was the advice she gave in 2005 the beginning of you didn't hear she got i might get libeled if i say it but then she went ahead and said it so obviously you know even even she even she it's um it's just it's remarkable you know we need a, a, a palate cleanser here let's go ahead and play my my uh my frank sinatra harvey weinstein theme song i think it's kind of nice like you know, a little little comedy on a on a monday morning coming up Kaepernick and the NFL. The days of Weinstein's over. Harvey got a pass for playing grab ass. Cause the media protects this filthy rat. And they did, NBC. Cause he's a Democrat. Majorly. He's one of their fat cats. The late night guys avoid it. Harvey, they won't touch. Nope, they touch them though. They love him so much. He touched them. Jimmy Kimmel's sad. He don't know what to do. 
days of Harvey Weinstein are through. Okay, guys, big finish now. Let's give it to old Harvey one last time. The late night. Those creeps avoid it. <laughs> Donald Trump, they'll bash. But Harvey gives them cash. 10000 bucks to Bill Clinton. Colbert showed a bun. His colonoscopy. <laughs> I guess Harvey Weinstein said on Friday to kind of, I guess, uh, he's, you know, he's doing the sex therapy for sex addiction, whatever that is. Uh, and, and he said he was going to go after, his mission was going to go after the NRA. That was his way of kind of uh, trying to get back in the good graces with Hollywood. And I, it ain't going to happen. Uh, it better not happen. Before we do another story, I want to mention something. I do have a line of politically incorrect swag. Here's the whoops, here's the website, tpublic.com slash user slash conservatees, tpublic.com slash user slash conservatees. We've got a bunch of stuff about standing on the NFL uh, for the anthem that I think you're going to find really cool. We've got some politically incorrect stuff. We've got some funny stuff. We've got some Kansas City-centric stuff. We've got some Maryland-centric stuff. It's kind of cool, all right? So check out this website. Here are a couple examples. You can't coexist when some want to kill you. It's in response to that stupid sticker with the religious symbols that's out there. Uh, instead of the war is not the answer, which you see on Priuses, uh, sometimes war is the answer. It is. Sometimes bad guys need their asses kicked. Dude, make America grateful again. I've got your safe space right here. You can get this on T-shirts, hoodies, um, onesies for your baby, uh, all sorts of stuff. Uh, Kansas City, there you go. That's the uh, kind of the baseball version of it. Kansas City, that's the football version of it. <clears throat> uh, Hillary Clinton, calm down. He, She lost. He won. Get over it. Here's one that I'm going to get for my son when he goes off to college there in the next fall. My kid is not a snowflake. Uh, Jan Brady, Russia, Russia, Russia. What happened to the Russia thing? I thought it was a big deal. I thought it was impeachable, right? Proud climate change denier. This is only a, a small sample of them because there are like 62 designs up there right now. Um, let's, uh, murderous commie douchebag, not a hero. That's Che Guevara. For those of you who think he's a hero. Uh, no, he was a murderous, uh, douchebag. And finally, veganism is an eating disorder. Veganism is an eating disorder. Again, here is the website. It is tpublic.com slash user slash conservatees. Will you order something? It's, uh, it's helping me keep the lights on. And, uh, and by the way, they have a they have sale going on right now. T-shirts only 14 bucks, normally $22. Colin Kaepernick has filed a grievance against NFL owners. Um, he retained a lawyer, filed a grievance claim saying the NFL owners colluded to keep him from being signed by a team. He also blamed Donald Trump for the actions, uh, their actions in a statement from the lawyer. His lawyer, Mark Garagos, said that we can confirm that this morning we filed a grievance under the CBA on behalf of Colin Kaepernick. This was done only after pursuing every possible avenue with all NFL teams and their executives. And there's talk about maybe him replacing Aaron Rodgers. Um, People in Green Bay, Green Bay are not uh, terribly excited about that. Not terribly excited about that, okay? If the NFL is to remain a meritocracy, the statement issued, then principled and peaceful political protests, which the owners themselves made a great theater imitating weeks ago, should not be punished and athletes should not be denied employment, blah, blah, blah. And then also said, uh, the statement uh, kind of went after the president for comments that he said, calling him a uh, son of a bitch at a rally in September. Such a precedent threatens all patriotic Americans and harkens back to our darkest days as a nation. Protecting all athletes from such collusive conduct is what compelled Mr. Kaepernick to find, file his grievance. We'll see what happens. Aaron Rodgers is out. That was, I was very bummed about that. I mean, just really, really bummed about Aaron Rodgers not uh, breaking his collarbone this weekend. I'm sorry, this shadow is kind of bugging me here. Let me move this light. should be able to see my lovely face without, uh, without a shadow. <clears throat> Um, you audio podcasters. I actually do a video podcast at the same time, so that's why I'm referring to the cameras uh, and the lights. Um, Green Bay Packers, they say basically um, they will, the fans will revolt. There was some discussion online about bringing Kaepernick in to replace um, Aaron Rodgers. And uh, one of the people online said, I will never watch a game the rest of my life if they sign him. People in Wisconsin are uh, not fans of protesting the national anthem, disrespecting America. Wearing socks that depict cops as pigs or athletes who celebrate murderous dictators. 
Ka- Kaepernick has done all of those things. And he did. Didn't he have a, didn't he have a, uh, cat? was it a Castro or was it a uh, Che Guevara shirt on? Because he's an ignoramus. Uh, people who wear those shirts are ignoramuses. Seven 49ers took a knee over the weekend. That was fewer than uh, the week before. And the crowd rained down booze on them, apparently, over the weekend. And uh, this was at FedEx Field where they played, um, uh, where I used to live, actually. I, I lived in Washington where they played the Redskins, and the Redskins, I guess, all stood. Hey. Here's a, here's a, a bad um, part of this. Um, Black Lives Matter and these NFL protests are looking, are overlooking, and I've said this before, uh, a crisis and in, in the black community that has been around forever. I mean, uh, we talked about 58 people being killed in uh, Las Vegas a couple weeks ago, and that happens every month in Chicago, and there's 2,500 people already injured this year. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. And uh, while these um, players are going after something that is a simple thing, which is police shooting black men, it's a narrative that is not supported by facts, by the way. Uh, and they're forgetting the rise in black crime since then, okay? Heather McDonald has done a report for the 2016 FBI Uniform Crime Report for the Manhattan Institute. The number of uh, black homicide victims has jumped nearly 900 per year since the BLM movement took root. Quote, the majority of victims of the homicide surge have been black. They were killed overwhelmingly by black criminals, not by police. Meanwhile, the number of blacks killed by police dipped from 259 in 2015 to 233 in 2016. So far this year, 175 as of October the 12th. Percentage of blacks killed by police has long been more than double blacks' percentage of the population, about 13.3%, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Likewise, was the percentage of blacks involved in violent crime. Still, the dramatic increase in black homicide victims has raised questions over whether NFL players taking an E in a statement against racially motivated police violence are missing the larger problem. Quote, if these wealthy football players really cared about saving black lives, they would support proactive policing and denounce criminality. That's according to Ms. McDonald. When the police back off protect, uh, proactive policing in high crime areas, black lives are lost. But these black lives don't matter, do they? They don't. These don't matter. Those... Uh, 700,000 black babies aborted before birth, they don't matter. What do you think about that? If, if those 700,000 700, babies per year were allowed to live, the nation would be 30, 40% black, only harming yourself. FBI reported violent crime increased in 2016 by 3.4% nationwide, the largest single year in 25 years. In addition, the number of homicides rose by 7.9% for a total increase of more than 20% in the nation nationwide homicide rate since 2014. Ms. McDonald and others blamed the increasingly hands-off approach of police officers, worried about running afoul of BLM. All BLM cares about is raising money. And uh, the distraction from the real crisis in the African-American community. Peter Moskos, associate professor, John Jay College of Criminal Justice in New York, tracked the same phenomenon in Baltimore. Freddie Gray effect, Ferguson effect. Police were instructed both by city leaders and then the DOJ to be less proactive since policing will disproportionately affect minorities. Few seem to care that minorities are disproportionately affected by the rise in murder. The latest crime figures show that rank-and-file officers are witnessing in terms of street violence, said Bill Johnson, executive director of the National Association of Police uh, Organizations. It jives with what our members are telling us. Violence in general is up in a sense that whether it leads to report crime or arrest, just the situation in our communities and our streets is worse than it was three years ago, certainly since BLM. Officers, by the way, there's a 53% increase in the number of uh, shooting deaths of cops since BLM. Police officer is 18 more, times more likely to be killed by a black male than an unarmed black male is to be killed by a police officer. Black males have made up 42% of all cop killers of the last decade, though they are only 6% of the population. 
The worst part is those that are suffering from the higher crime rate are those who can least afford it. It's the communities themselves, people who are being victimized, people who are being murdered, families who are losing loved ones, kids who are afraid to go to schools, business people who won't open business because the neighborhood is too rough. That's who's suffering. And you never heard this from our former president. It tends to be poor communities, communities of color, communities that have already suffered from higher crime rates than their neighbors who need safe, effective, thorough law enforcement. And we still have 70% of babies being born out of wedlock, and we still have 700,000 abortions. Oh, what are you going to do? It's, uh, it's remarkable because uh, the, the, the problem is <clears throat> it serves as a distraction, and it's one thing that they're focusing on, police killings of black men. That's it doesn't address all of the societal ills that I just talked about because that's too hard to do. It's too hard to be responsible and stay at home and then stay in school and not have five babies by four different guys. It's, it's not easy to be a father. It's a blessing. Uh, it's an unbelievable blessing. Don't get me wrong. It's not easy to be a dad. Uh, you know, it's not as fun as going out and uh, drinking and smoking pot and, you know, smoking weed and, and uh, banging anything in sight. It's not as fun as that, I guess. I think it's wonderful. What are you going to do? So I mentioned that the NFL protests have gone from pointless and misguided to stupid. CNN contributor Dante Stallworth said that the NFL protests are not just about p- police brutality anymore. Uh, because maybe that's not resonating. So what they're going to do is they're going to you know, include all of these other things. I want you to listen to all the things that are now included when somebody kneels or sits during the national anthem. This is stupid. So the players have been really have been working really hard on this. And the number one stated goal was to bring awareness to a lot of these issues. And again, it's a it's a broad uh, it, it's a it's a broad spectrum of issues. Again, it's not just police. It's not just police brutality. Um, and, and police uh, and community policing. It's also, again, from what, I've, what I'm hearing from players that are directly involved in these talks, they're telling me it's also about uh, the, the gender pay gap. It's there, there is no gender pay gap. That is a fallacy. Besides, there are two pieces of uh, major legislation that make it illegal for women to be paid less for the same work. Women just choose, a lot of the times, fields that pay less. Teachers. Nursing. It's just the way it is. They're not forced into it. Lily Ledbetter was signed by President Obama. So that is uh, uh, pointless and stupid. Uh, here's, here's a little bit more from Dante. Also about housing discrimination. Mm-hmm. They have so many things that they're interested in. Housing discrimination. Well, if you can't afford to buy a house, you can't afford to buy a house. And, then, and that, that I can't afford to buy a house right now. They advocate for that. They want the NFL to take ownership in and help be able to. I don't, I don't hear. Um, I don't hear the crisis in the black community there. I don't hear, I don't hear taking a knee for um, violence. I don't hear taking a knee for uh, the murder rate uh, in the black community being ten times higher than the national average. Did, 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 should I rewind that? Maybe it's, well, it might be in here. Hold on. Uh, the, the gender pay gap. It's also about housing mm, discrimination. No, they have so there, many no. things that they're interested yeah, in, housing and that that they advocate for. It. That they want the NFL to take ownership in and help be able to use the NFL's platform, not just the players' platform, but also the NFL's platform. And that is uh, that is. How about you just play the freaking game, you moron? What I'm what, from what I'm hearing okay. is going to be a big part uh, of the conversation. I, it's so stupid honestly it's just it's just stupid and if they're going to continue to fall on this sword then they can go screw themselves you know i've never heard such a a, a spoiled entitled bunch of people who uh sell 120 dollar jerseys who uh who uh promote 250 300 pairs of shoes who when you go to their stadiums charge you 12 dollars for an effing beer and six dollars or seven dollars for a hot dog Honestly, it's just shut the F up and play. Years ago, and this, I, I, Laura Ingram wrote a book called uh, Shut Up and Sing. I used to say that in my early days of radio. Shut up and sing. I don't want to hear what Barbara Streisand has to say. How about this? Shut up and play. Shut up and play. That's what I got to say. It's just dumb. Bo Bergdahl is um, going to plead guilty, I guess, to desertion. And uh, there have been reports that he walked away from his base in Afghanistan. Uh, many said he actually joined the, the Taliban. Two of uh, his fellow soldiers were injured uh, severely looking for his, 
his uh, uh, traitorous ass. Uh, this morning on ABC, uh, they got a hold of uh, Bo Bergdahl, and he broke his silence. Here's part one of a uh, of a short report this morning. In an exclusive TV interview this morning, Bergdahl says it would be impossible to get a fair trial, given the words of candidate Donald Trump, who is now his commander-in-chief. My name is Bo Bergdahl. Bo Bergdahl had been held five years by the Taliban when he was released in this dramatic moment. He wasn't held. He lived with them voluntarily. Squinting in the sunlight after being confined to a... That was so fake. When he got out of the SUV, looking like he was suffering. And by the way, he didn't look very malnourished. He looked like he'd been taken pretty good care of. Caged by his captors. Yeah, sure. U.S. Special Forces were there for the handover. Sure. As Bergdahl was gaining his freedom, the U.S. was releasing five Taliban prisoners from Guantanamo as part of a prisoner swap. Five four-star generals of the Taliban for this SOB. Thank you, President Obama. A deal that became a highly politicized issue, especially given that Bergdahl had walked off his post without permission and that at least two soldiers were seriously injured during the search to find him. Unbelievable. He walks off. He uh, walks into town. He surrenders to the Taliban. Many say that he joined the Taliban. Here's the second part from ABC this morning. He's a traitor, a no-good traitor, who should have been executed. Now in his first on-camera interview, obtained exclusively by ABC News, Bergdahl says the words of candidate Trump would have made a fair trial impossible. We may as well go back to kangaroo courts. And It's a military trial, idiot. It's not a jury trial. This is a military tribunal. So your argument is moot. It's lynch mobs. That got what they wanted. Bing, boom, he's gone. The people who are to the point of saying, yeah, just shoot him. You, you can never convince those people to change their minds. And it hurts, though. It does hurt. Bergdahl. Yeah, you know, go to hell. Hey, you know, your, your father who uh, quoted the Quran on the Rose Garden ceremony, he can go to hell, too. Told British filmmaker Sean Langan, himself held by the same Taliban group, that he wants to fight back against what he calls the false reports that he was a traitor. And had declared himself a, quote, mujahid, or warrior for Islam. It's insulting. It's very insulting that... Yeah, you know, you're an insult. You're an insult to the uh, military. You're an insult to the country. You're an insult to uh, your uh, sworn oath as a soldier. You're an insult to everybody. The idea that they will think I did it. In fact, according to Army officials, Bergdahl twice tried to escape from his captivity and was severely punished, beaten, and put in a cage like an animal. It's a cage that was welded together. It's about a seven foot long by about six foot wide. And how long were you in that cage for? Second, third, fourth, and into the, the fifth year. Now that he plans to plead guilty, the question for the military will be what punishment does Sergeant Bergdahl deserve, including possible prison? Yeah. How about prison for the rest of your lousy life? Sorry. It's just the way I feel about it. Donald Trump talked this weekend to the Value Voter Summit and said a couple of things that were pretty, uh, I think, good. One of the things he is, is saying is that, uh, and he says that a lot of things that you and I have been saying for a long time, we're tired of, you know, going to shopping and having people say happy holidays. You know, um, he talked about the war on Christmas and there has been a war on Christmas. And, you know, I realize that if you are a person of another faith, uh, you know, you're a Muslim or whatever, that... Um, Christmas can be a little overwhelming. I mean, we are a Judeo-Christian country by and large. So, you know, and this, it, this is a, it's a big deal to us, and, it's, and it, it has been secularized to some degree, but there are some who obviously still celebrate what Christmas is all about, but it is a big deal. And, and uh, businesses, you know, they call it Black Friday because they finally move out of the red and the black. Businesses, because of Christmas, are saved every year. And by God, if you're going to depend on happy little Christians coming in and buying Christmas presents for their families, then by God, you say, Merry Christmas. Here is the president. We are stopping coal, the attacks on Judeo-Christian values. Thank you. I don't believe we make our um, our wives wear burkas. I don't do, believe we also do honor killings um, and uh, and female um, forced circumcision, genital mutilation. I guess is what you should call it. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. And something I said so much during the last two years, but I'll say it again, as we approach the end of the year, you know, we're getting near that beautiful Christmas season that people don't talk about anymore. They don't use the word Christmas because it's not politically correct. You go to department stores and they'll say Happy New Year and they'll say other things and it'll be red. They'll have it painted, but they don't say, well, guess what? We're saying Merry Christmas again. Good. Good. I like this. I like this. And I don't believe the White House Christmas tree is going to have a, uh, 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 an ornament uh, with Chairman Mao on it, which happened while the, uh, while the Obamas were in the White House. That's really bad. I mean, genocidal murderer. Uh, unbelievable. Jake Tapper had an interview with Secretary uh, Rex Tillerson, uh, Secretary of State, and um, apparently there was this story going around that uh, Tiller, Tillerson told someone that Donald Trump is a, is a, is a moron. Um, who gives a rat's ass? Uh, honestly, this is tabloidy journalism. Who cares? Rex Tillerson would have none of it. And here is the, uh, part of the exchange. NBC News reported that you were frustrated with President Trump over the summer, and you called him a moron during a meeting at the Pentagon. Now, you've dismissed the question as petty, but this is literally one of the most important relationships in the world, the one between you and President Trump. Yeah. Is it true? Did you call him a moron? Jake, as I indicated earlier. This is just a really unprofessional and stupid question. Who the hell cares? I was asked about that. I'm not going to deal with that kind of petty stuff. I mean, this is a town that seems to relish uh, gossip, rumor, innuendo. They feed on it. They feed on one another in a very destructive way. I don't work that way. I don't deal that way. And I'm just not going to dignify the question. I, I call the president Mr. President. He and I have a very, very open frank and candid relationship. I see him often uh, speak to him. Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton had an open relationship too. Nearly every day I'm in the Oval Office. Still do, I think. A number of hours every week. We have we have a very open exchange of views on policy. At the end of the day, he makes decisions. I go out and do the best I can to execute those decisions successfully. He's an adult, okay? He, here's a serious adult in, in a serious world. But Jake uh, Tapper would have none of that. Ever since you called it petty, I've been thinking a lot about it because I, I don't care if you've been thinking about it. Who cares if you've been thinking about it? I'm a re- reflective guy and I understand the media makes yeah, mistakes. Sure. The media always could improve. Yes, yes. But here's the thing. Either you didn't say it, in which case there are a whole bunch of administration officials telling the press and telling the president that you did. And that's a serious problem. No, it's not. Or you did say it. And look, you're a serious guy. For you to say something like that suggests a real frustration with the commander-in-chief. So when you don't answer the question, it makes people think that you probably did say it. But either way, who cares? whatever happened, it is serious. So can you please clear it up? As I said, Jake, I'm not playing. These are the games of Washington. These are the destructive games of this town. They're not helping. And Jake, how about this? Grow the F up. Anyone. And so my position on it is i'm not playing i'm not playing you want to make a game out of it i'm not playing i'm not it's making sim- i'm not making a game that. out of it yes, i mean are. i'm just trying to see clarity because saying that if i said that my boss wasn't moron that would be a serious issue it wouldn't be and and my boss doesn't control nukes um i'm willing to move whatever on, but i just want to be clear you still haven't denied that you called him a moron and you know a lot of people are going to watch this and think he probably said it. I'm not dignifying the question with an answer. And you shouldn't because it's a, it's a moronic question. <sighs> Let's move on. A, uh, a high school teacher in New Jersey is, in getting, is getting heat for saying that uh, soldiers are dying for their right to speak American. Here's the audio from uh, a kid who was recording it. Men and women fighting are not fighting for your right to speak Spanish. They're fighting for your right to speak American. You I thought it was really disrespectful because I'm... How about about what's disrespectful is speaking a language your teacher doesn't speak and whispering in class to one another. Okay, that's that's disrespectful because you know the teacher doesn't understand the language. Hispanic, and that's just, that's not right. You go to school to learn. You don't go to feel attacked and belittled by someone you believe is an educator. If we were speaking Spanish in the hallways and she heard us speak Spanish, she would, like, single us out. Like, no, you can't speak Spanish here. Well, English is the language of education in this country. 
my uh, my kids went to a school where uh, they were minorities. My daughter was um, uh, way behind when we moved from the Washington, D.C. area to the Kansas City area. Here, my kids go to a school where there is diversity. Don't get me wrong. But every parent-teacher meeting, every, uh, every event doesn't have to have a Spanish translator. You did in Washington, D.C. And I'll tell you, when you are, speak, when you are, you are teaching kids who uh, are just learning English in the same classes with kids who are native-born Americans who speak English, it slows the kids who were born here down dramatically. And she was really, really slowed down. She's turned it around, thank you very much. If she speaks American. Oh, this is a great story. A pediatrician was uh, speaking to the Heritage Foundation. Her name is Dr. Michelle Cretella. She talked about um, parents who are allowing their kids to not only dress as the opposite sex, but also, this is where it becomes abusive, uh, do um, puberty-blocking drugs to, to prevent puberty from happening. Okay, to prevent puberty from happening. Uh, I got a couple of her comments, and I think they're absolutely brilliant because I believe when you do this, you, if your kid wants to dress up like a girl or dress up like, like a boy, okay, fine. <clears throat> then then I heard a woman the other day, her, her little boy was going to uh, cut his penis off. Um, that's a mental illness. That's when you need to take your child in. Uh, you need to have the child evaluated, and if the child is going to harm himself, you need to probably consider uh, some sort of an institutional situation or uh, some sort of uh, uh, in-home monitoring because that is a mental illness. Here's a little bit from Dr. Michelle Critella. Chemical castration, which is what you are doing. Chemical castration, by the way. When you put any biologically normal child on puberty blockers is treating puberty like a disease, arresting a normal process, which is critical to normal development, bad for kids. You're born with certain chromosomes. Your body is going to take you in that direction. That's the way it is. And by the way, most kids who, who are considering themselves as an opposite gender, after they turn 18 years old, after they've gone through puberty and all of it, they, they come to the realization that the sex that they were born with is where they're going to be. That's, that's where they're going to stay. Sterilization. Not good for kids. Prepping them for what will likely result in the case of girls, double mastectomy at 16. Unreal. Not how you treat depression or anxiety. And I have plenty of experience treating teenagers with depression, anxiety, even suicidal depression. And 45% of transgendered kids have committed or tried to commit suicide. Here's a little bit more from Dr. Michelle Critella indoctrinating preschool kids with the lie that you can be trapped in the wrong body. Again, that's disrupting their normal reality testing and cognitive development. And they can't understand it. Those things are abusive. Yep. As to the studies, there are two that I am aware of which claim that affirming your child's gender confusion is good for them. Number one, it assumes that coaching a child into a fixed false belief wow. is mentally healthy. Uh, science doesn't allow you to assume your conclusion. Number two, those studies are extremely small. Number three, those studies are very short term. And number four, the control group of mentally healthy children are the siblings most of them were siblings of the trans-identifying child. Oh, and there's a number five. Yes. The parents were the ones evaluating the mental health of the children. And they are not mental health professionals. One final soundbite from this brilliant person. I will post this. I have posted this on my Facebook page at Rob Carson Show and on Twitter at Rob Carson. Here it is. These are, this is not science. I don't think you need to have an MD or a PhD to know that's not science. That's ideology masquerading as science. One hundred percent. It is a uh, for some odd reason. I don't know why the left has um, gone down this road. I uh, I honestly I I don't know why the left has gone down this road. It is 
transgenderism? Why? 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 Why does it exist? Why does? Uh, why does defending this bad science and abuse of children find its home in, in leftist ideology? I don't understand. It. I really don't. I want to wrap things up. I um, I'm a big fan of Big Bang Theory. I think it's a fantastic show. And uh, Mayim Balik, she uh, was on Blossom years ago. Now she's on the Big Bang Theory, where she uh, she, she just is, is terrific. She is uh, terrific on the show. The, the show is perfectly classed. She's Sheldon's um, girlfriend on the show. And, and I would encourage you to watch it. I just think it's, I think it's hilarious. I think it's wonderful. Here she is saying, and this is a Hollywood um, actress talking about uh, uh, you being responsible for who you are. You are responsible for where you are. If you are in a place where there are bad things going on, leave and report it. If you see people who are grossly intoxicated, throwing up, passing out, leave. Strip clubs and places where people get paid to have sex, don't go there. It is your responsibility to protect a man or a woman that you see in a dangerous situation. Get out, get help, call the police. That's on you. I love this. So where are all the people that saw people being molested in Hollywood? Why didn't they do what she suggested? I I think she's wonderful. I I really, really hear. Here she is talking about drugs, alcohol, and porno. Scientifically speaking, the human brain doesn't really behave with great judgment in the teens and even into the 20s. Once you add alcohol or drugs to that brain, a lot of decisions made with poor judgment can happen. Things you would never think you would do, believe me, people do them when under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Do not think that you are special or immune to the effects of drugs and alcohol. In addition, ingesting pornography rarely elevates you as a human being and likely contributes to the degradation and abuse of men and women. Period. love it. She has a PhD in neuroscience. And I might also add, I think in common sense, uh, here she is, and this is all about Harvey Weinstein, by the way. Here she is talking about, uh, basically, if, if you are pushing yourself on someone sexually, back the hell off. Everyone has a right to feel safe. If you put someone in a situation where they don't feel safe, that's not okay. And it's not for you to try and convince them that they should feel safe, because they are allowed to have feelings, and feelings aren't facts. So if you are with someone, and you discover that they do not feel safe, back off. Wow, this is a Hollywood actress. Here she is talking about uh, Harvey Weinstein and how she wasn't surprised at all by the allegations. Decades of sexual abuse allegations finally coming to the fore. Love this. The take-home message was that I'm really not surprised that this happens. I assume it happens all the time. That's just what power and patriarchy look like, and it sucks. And I got into a few skirmishes with people very close to me who thought that I should be outraged and shocked. And I am outraged, but I'm really not shocked. Jeez, I love this. And she's taking heat for uh, blaming the victim, and that's BS. Uh, She has a couple kids, by the way. Here she uh, is talking about how not to raise sons like Harvey Weinstein. So the question I've had to grapple with, literally, in the wake of all of this Harvey Weinstein stuff and all of the conversations I've been having, friends of mine, with friends raising boys, is the following. Will the lack of trust in men that my parents raised me with serve me well as I raise my own sons? Have I raised them to believe that no one will trust them, that their sex alone makes them a weapon for hurting people? Wow. Really, really, really cool. Before I go, I want to thank you for listening to the Podcast Radio Network, podcastradionetwork.com. A lot of great shows there. Mine, of course, runs at uh, 5 o'clock Central Standard Time weekdays. And, of course, uh, let's not forget Liberty One TV. Liberty One TV every day at 4 o'clock Central Standard Time is my Show Now, I'm going to say something before I go here, because conservative speech is uh, frequently banned from places like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, they are strategically and effectively filtering and limiting the ability to reach people who have similar political views, if you, you know, if you are conservative. Liberty One TV is a way to fight back. That's why Liberty One TV was created. Uh, it is a way. No one can stop Liberty One TV. You, they can ban you from Facebook. They can ban you from whatever. They can, they can ban you from Twitter. Can't be banned from Liberty One TV. This is a wonderful product, and we're adding new talent all the time. Okay? This is how I make a living. 
this is how the other great people on this uh, on this terrific podcast, uh, like Bill Finley, like James Richards, uh, like Dan Gorman, uh, like Joe Biggs, uh, all of us. This is a way, an outlet for uh, a speech that frequently is is uh, filtered. This is unfiltered, and I hope you enjoy it. LibertyOneTV.com, LibertyOneTV.com. Uh, monthly subscription is $10. Annual subscription is $99. I promise you every day that I come in here, I will bring you a, a well-thought-out, full show that encompasses a variety of topics, politics, pop culture, humor, all of those things, and I will bust my ass to do it every single day. $10 a month, $99 a year. If you want to be in the Producers Club, $1,000 a year. All right, now that's going to be great for your business, your your blog. Uh, you get your name, your business on all Liberty One TV videos as the show's producer, okay? And I'll tell you this also. If you become a, a Producers Club member, I will give you a live endorsement every day for a month on my show. Okay, all you got to do is just you write me, CarsonOnTheRadioGmail.com, CarsonOnTheRadioGmail.com, $1,000. I will give you a live endorsement every day for a month on my show. And I will also put your your uh, I'll put your your uh, uh, website uh, pertinent information up here or down here. All right, how's that sound? Does that sound cool? All right. I hope you've enjoyed the show today, guys. Tell your friends about it. Join LibertyOneTV.com. Listen to the podcast radio network and uh, follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter, Rob Carson Show on Facebook and Rob Carson on Twitter. And, of course, you can download my daily podcast, Rob Carson Show, uh, on iTunes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Google Play, Google Plus, Audio Boom, SoundCloud, and your Alexa. Your Alexa, just say, hey, Alexa, play the latest edition of the Rob Carson Show podcast. Or just say, play the Rob Carson Show podcast, and she will play the latest episode. God bless you. Have a great day, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Rob Carson Show. Friend him on Facebook at Carson Show, on Twitter at Rob Carson, and on Instagram. Uh, I think Facebook and Twitter are enough for now. We'll see you soon. You can subscribe to all of our Red Maryland Network programming on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and the TuneIn Radio app. You can also listen to the Red Maryland Network by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash redmaryland or visit the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com.